Hey friends, Kendall Matthews here with Appointment Plus Radio, and I want to thank everyone for listening and continue to be involved in some of the great things that we're doing. And today I have a great co-host for the show today. His name is Gunnar Light, and he is the managing partner for the Global G Group. Now, Gunnar has really impressed me, not because of all the experience that he has, like it's over 20 years experience that he has, ranging from startup companies to, to Fortune 2. For Fortune 20 companies, and from being able to connect with a whole bunch of wide variety of industries that includes aerospace and defense to even corporate and education. What was really attractive to me, to Gunnar, is his great personality and how in depth that he talks about things, but not at a technical level that you can't understand. He really has allowed me to open my eyes to the opportunities of international and being able to be focused on multiple different areas, but those areas are specifically in being able to understand that there's humans that we're talking to. They're, they're not computers that we're talking to or sending emails out. These are actually humans, folks. They might be in Asia, Latin America, Middle East, Africa. They can be anywhere in the world, but they're also humans, right, Gunnar? <laughs> I mean, that's the opportunity. So Gunnar, before I get into all your the technical questions that I have for you and helping folks understand about what specifically that you do. Can you tell us a little bit more about the your your background, your experience, and your journey to how you've gotten here today? Sure. Hey, by the way, thanks a lot for the, for the warm uh, introduction. And uh, it is exciting to be here. I really am excited to, uh, to have this conversation with you today. So I appreciate that. Um, my, my background... Uh, I'm, I'm originally from Seattle, so came from extreme, one extreme uh, weather condition to the other <laughs> here in Arizona. Um, and I guess the thing that really pr- put me in a certain trajectory as a, a young person was my parents were both teachers. And on my dad's sabbatical, when I was 10, we lived in Mexico for a year and traveled all over, got the uh, the uh, Volkswagen Westphalia camping van and 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 just traveled traveled um, all over the country and, and and that was my first sort of introduction to uh, a new culture um, new experiences and that stuck with me my whole life and that was probably the thing that that has put me into the to the area of, of business that I'm in um, came back and you know and went to went to the regular my regular routine went to, went to the University of Washington Seattle and and, but, but I've always had, you know, kind of an, ink, an inkling to go back, right? And after I got done with my undergrad, I went back to, uh, to Mexico and traveled around Central America. Um, again, traveled around, you know, all over all the ruins and, and saw a lot of my old friends and families that we knew when we were down there. And um, so that, that kind of put me even more, you know, sunk into the global yeah. Right. So, so you're saying like cool. when you're young, you're already immersed inside of it. So you pretty much had no choice. You're going to be. <laughs> they got you involved early on. That's right. I was stuck. I was stuck. And it was it was really great because it was it was so intense. You know, right. So right now, everyone's traveling all around the world. And it's a wonderful thing. And, you know, cheap airlines and, and this and that. But at that time, we were really freaks. I mean, we were. We had, you know, toe heads, you know, just white hair and, and people really, they want to, they want to touch our hair. It was so freaky for them, you know, wow. down in Latin America, you know, it was, but, but wonderful experience and, and, and really, like I said, opened my eyes to, you know, to just a new way of looking at, at everything. And ever since then, I hope I, I try to, to 
preserve that, you know, that uh, authenticity. Yeah. And authenticity is important because so, so many people, maybe they take um, Duolingo or Rosetta Stone and speaking mm -hmm. a different language and say, all right, now you know, I know your culture, but you really don't know it until you go down there and really, or, or anywhere across the world, and really be with the people, have them touch your hair and being a part of it like you're talking <laughs> right, about. Right. What makes that so right. important to be a part of the culture instead of just reading it or practicing it on your phone? Right, great question. Um, it's, it's uh, I think it's always, like you mentioned, it's about the human aspect of it, right? So you can learn a lot. You can learn all sorts of things like Rosetta Stone or through books and texts and this and that in degrees. But, but it, it's all about getting to know the people and appreciating their culture. And a lot of times people ask me because I've been doing international business for you know twenty some years. They'll say, "Gosh, you must speak all these languages." And I go, "You know, really, I don't." <laughs> but what I do is I appreciate. I, I, I appreciate the, the journey and the adventure of, of meeting new people and learning about their cultures. And I always say the one thing that you really have to be able to do when you go overseas and do an international business is you got to be able to appreciate their culture and their food. If you because because they want to bring it into their families, they want or into into their homes, they want to be able to have you enjoy the same things that they enjoy, they enjoy. And so that's really the icebreaker to me. And if you are a person who has curiosity and excitement about other cultures they can they can see that there's there's that vibe right so so language lang language is almost secondary you know oftentimes right wow so yeah it's pretty cool. when you're talking about you know I'm a, I'm a marketing person and i just thought of this thing is like you don't have to speak it but you have to appreciate it and eat it right as the international management executive for over these past couple of years you found a whole bunch of things that people have done wrong and people have done right. Mm. What are some of the things in your experience with your company that you tell people, here's the top three things you must avoid when you're trying to move forward inside of international markets? International markets, good. Um, well, um, I know I think, I think don't underestimate, you know, the, the importance of culture. Um, and, and I would even say in our own in our own cultures where we're speaking English, because a lot of times I think people assume that because you're speaking English and the British or even the Canadians or the Australians are speaking English, that we're this we're essentially the same. You know, we're all the we, and a lot of times it's actually easier to deal with a culture that's extremely different where you understand going into that's going to be different than it is to even to have these assumptions of commonality just because you both speak English, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think I think that sensitivity to cultures is probably the, the number one thing. And and like I said, don't assume assume that, you know, because English English language is spoken, that that's necessarily going to bring you even closer to maybe that culture sometimes. Um, and and I, the key thing is really to, to have people who are who are curious and are going to have fun with the experience. I think that's one of the key things. It's all about the human experience, as you mentioned, coming into this thing. Um, and that's, you know, and whenever I, I develop strategies, it's always around the customer, trying to put myself in the customers. Um, and, and we're not that different. I think I think everyone's starting to realize that more and more as people travel more and more. But if, if you look back through history, you know, you can just see see this trend, this this. Um, change from you know from really not knowing each other as people in, in different cultures to really appreciating each other from different cultures and i think that's one of the key things as well so right you're talking about being able to appreciate each other and mm. eating the foods and being a part of that mm. so you started global g group 
and to be able to help businesses grow internationally. Is that correct? Absolutely. So why did you come up with the business and what are you doing with it and how are you helping people grow? Great question. Um, I, I started out in my own career in, in technology, um, predominantly starting out in education and then moving into technology and consulting. Um, and, and I moved from big to small. So I started out with the, the, the Avnets and the Hewlett Packards and those, those sort of big companies and then moved progressively to more and more smaller companies. And I really appreciate the small companies because just of the, the overall teaming environment, the ability to wear multiple hats and the ability to really see the, 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 the fruits of your labors um, exp, uh, appreciated and taking, taking form in, you know, in, in, uh, in the customer's experience. So um, for me, uh, working with smaller businesses was really a, a priority, uh, working with the SMEs. Um, and so, and so, and so, and, and, and helping them get over some of the hurdles of exporting or doing working in an international environment was really meaningful to me and, uh, exciting for me as well. So that's really where I got, I, I went from working as sort of a typical vice president of sales and marketing to a consultant to some of these companies. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And so when, they, how do these companies find you? Like, so they're searching on Google and trying to say, all right, we need help here in Asia. How do they come to you and say, what problems do they come to you for to, or to solve? Yeah. The, the, we, we really don't, our, one of our weaknesses is probably our, our, our marketing um, in terms of our website. And, and, and I'm, I'm working on that, always working on my social, social media and trying to connect all of these pieces together. Um, but a lot of it comes from referrals. So it's really, it's, it's, it's um, shared, shared commonality between partners, whether they're um, uh, lawyers or bankers or other, other companies that will also benefit from this experience working with um, small firms that are interested in going overseas. And, um, and so that's, that, that's really, fortunately has been the source of a lot of our, our um, leads, but, um, and our business connections, but, um, but obviously, we need to, you know, to find time to to fine tune. Right, you know, right. Yeah, there's always time to fine tune. And so, when you're when they come to you and they finally find you, what mm -hmm. type of strategy or what does that process look like when they say, "All right, God, I need your help. I'm doing some of these different type of things that are going on in my mind about focusing and expanding our business." When they sit down with you, what are some of the first two or three things that you talk to them about? Right. Well, one of the things that we try to explain, you know, a little bit of our background and and, and what we what we focus on. But for me, I'm a, I, the most important for, thing for me to, to, to being successful is is really being a good listener and, and being able to ask the questions that will make them like you do. You're a very good interviewer and you make people relax and feel comfortable. And I think that's critical that you develop that relationship where people start to feel comfortable and, and you're, you don't have any any agendas or you're not trying to dig something out they're trying to hide, but but really to make them feel comfortable and make them um, open up a little bit more about what they're trying to do. And, uh, you know, bit by bit, that's that's my general approach. And then, and from a strategic point of view, I always try to look at uh, it from the customer's point of view. And fortunately, I've had quite a bit of, quite a few years of experience, probably around 15 years, working with small businesses. Um, so I know some of the challenges, you know, and I know some of their, their sensitive points, especially along the areas of, of bringing someone on as a consultant, uh, you know, who's going to have a, a big, rich, big fat retainer because of all their so-called experience. And, and that's, and that's where if I had to say our success has been the ability to 
to assure them that, listen, we're, we want to be a team player here. We want to be part of your, your strategy, uh, long-term strategy. And, we, and we're um, very appreciative of the fact that, you know, we can offer sort of a nominal, nominal retainer in order to, to share in the upside with you. So, so and I, I find, you know, when I'm running a small business, it's really performance-based companies are, are, are uh, not only does it get the more, the, the, your players more engaged, um, in making the decisions for the company, but it also it helps the company's ups and downs, right? Uh, as as it gro goes forward, so yeah, and th that cycle of either revenue when it's coming in or not right. coming in, because I have to right. believe that when these companies are wanting to expand, there's going to be a long time play with that, especially when partnering with you. So, what right. are some of the fears that these small businesses have when they start moving forward down this path with you? Well, that's exactly that's one of the big ones as well because they know their sales cycles, right? And if they do have long sales cycles, they're probably thinking okay, this is even to be longer overseas, right? So, so one of the things that we we tried to assure them of is you know we're working with you to develop a sales strategy, a global sales strategy, which will be very much in keeping with what your business, you know, your your domestic sort of business model is and what your um, your concerns are, and and, and of course working through through uh, channel partners is a, a, an effective way of doing that, right? Because there's essentially, there's no additional cost to, to, to the companies until, until something is sort of produced. So, so we, we always try to encourage them to look at uh, develop, choosing the right, the right uh, countries, choosing the right partners, you know, and then, and then having the, the right follow-up and, and onboarding processes, right? So that, so that you're not just uh, you know shaking hands and, and signing a contract and sitting around waiting for them to you know six months later you're kind of wondering where are the orders here <laughs> mm -hmm. you got to bring them into, into your into your family and and understand you know your company's your company's um, goals and and priorities and values yeah and what you're talking about there when you're talking about strategy I think what's key is make sure you have a channel strategy because I, I believe a lot of companies fail at that that you right. said yeah. They shook the hand, they did the right. nod, they went out to steak dinner, right, right. but then they expect the other party to come back to them, which they're right. busy, they won't right. happen to do that. Uh, so you work with the onboarding strategy as well. That's very interesting. Yeah, and, and I think I think one thing that you have to realize, and me having been a sales guy as well, you, you immediately know, working with your fellow sales sales guys, and uh, guys and gals, you know, at Abnet, I remember we used to have just, a, it was like a football field of, of cubicles and we just had, and I was, I was, I was helping them, you know, feel comfortable with new products and, and, and cheat sheets and, you know, shortcuts and, and tools that will help them because you have to always remember that nothing is, is, is tougher for a salesperson than if they're not confident in, in, in understanding what they're selling. It's really hard to, to, to start calling, calling out on people when you, when you have concerns and, and worries. So, to, to be able to walk them through the whole process and give them that assurance and 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 be sure that they have the training, the sufficient training and 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 backup, I think is really critical to uh, to their success. Because otherwise, they'll they'll shake hands and they'll say this sounds great, and they'll just go back to their own patterns, which is right. usually doing what they knew how to do before. Right? That's key. <laughs> Going back to their previous habits, which right. most likely could have been bad habits. And but I know that you're so busy, you're doing a whole bunch of things um, for your business and running that and then work with other individuals. What is the one habit that has helped you become very successful in being that self-starter that you are? 
Well, this is this is going to sound kind of weird. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Two things. I mean, these are not you're probably things that are not going to be signed off by by all CEOs. But uh, one thing I do is I swim. You know, and we were talking earlier, and you mentioned Benjamin Franklin, and that kind of I like that because. Benjamin Franklin, most people don't know, it's kind of famous for his uh, as being a swimmer and the inventor of, of certain fins or hand and hand uh, swimming devices. And and and, and uh, he really used swimming as the way I do as well. It's sort of a meditative uh, exercise. So I get up in the morning. The first thing I do is go go to my local high school's gym and or not gym, but pool and swim. Um, and I just it's just amazing how productive it is for me. Because I, I, I run through my, you know, just in a very relaxed way, I run through my entire day's sort of agenda. I even, you know, write emails in my head sometimes. And, but then it's also very meditative, you know, very relaxing and, and, and it's kind of a part of my day that I really enjoy. And the other thing I do, which is really kind of strange, is I take naps. Because doing international, one of the things I do is that sometimes I'll get up extremely early to help cover the, the Middle East African market. And then at night, I'll be up late uh, covering, you know, the Asian market. So so if I can take a, get a 20-minute nap in there somewhere, that is the most valuable thing I can do all day. No, so. I, I totally <laughs> believe you. I take two p.m. naps. So, oh, you do? Yeah, okay, so all right. After this interview, I'm going to sleep for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me, Kendall. <laughs> yeah. Well, Gunnar, what about this? Now, I know your, your time is valuable. You're doing a lot of uh, busy things, but I do have about two more questions for you. Is that okay? okay? Sure. All right. So Appreciate one it. of the questions is this, is what are the three software tools that you use every day to help you be successful? And why do you love them so much? And I'll be honest with you, this is an area, another area, I'm being very honest here with you, that I'm not as strong on. I, I, do, I do see a lot of really exciting um, software packages that are, are designed toward improving efficiencies. And, you know, my small, small business right now, we're even shopping out our CRMs right now. So we're, you know, we're, that's kind of where we are. Um, we've got uh, a lot of partners around the world um, in, in country associates. But um, a lot of what I find myself, as I mentioned earlier, doing it right now is focusing on on really connecting um a lot of the uh, the, the social media together so i spend a lot of time on linkedin a lot of time on on twitter i get a lot of my news information on twitter and if i find something i you know i'm able to connect that with other other uh apps you know and oh, yeah. software but but i would love to hear from you actually i know <laughs> this is supposed to be interviewing no, me no, but no, i would love to hear from you some yeah. things that you might suggest one of the things <laughs> i love is evernote Evernote, okay. So Evernote is my digital mind. Excellent. <laughs> so I have everything in there, and it's been very helpful for me when even because they have even reminders. So you can have the note to remind you as well. So and then taking pictures. I've bought the premium version of Evernote, and I've had this since two thousand eight. Actually, wow. wow. But that's been very beneficial for me. Another one that is very so. My second one that I'll let you know is the iPod. So I purchased an iPod, not an iPhone, but an iPod wow. to help me focus. So mm. I have two different, uh, I have an iPod and of course my Android phone, my Samsung phone. Mm. Well, the iPod has all the iTunes that are in there and also to have a better writing experience as mm. well. So it's a small device. It's, it helped me to stay focused on business activities. And so sometimes you don't always need to be connected to your cell phone. And right. So that's why I put my Android Samsung on, on the side there because I had the S5 now. And then just have my iPod and just write on my iPod. So that's one of the best tools to have. Disconnect yourself, right? Excellent. So those are some of the things that I use. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. And I've heard of I've heard about those both, and and actually, I enjoy listening to some of your uh, interviews on that. So that that'll be great advice, Mary, yeah. as well. Well, then I know that there's some books that you would recommend. So, what is the latest book that you're reading? <laughs> well, I'm reading a book right now. Um, I've always been a big uh, fan of uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey Moore series of of, of books on technology. And it's it's not really so much how to, but it's more of a analysis of trends uh, in technology. And he wrote, you know, uh, crossing the chasm and uh, into the tornado, and just a, a really great series of of uh, technology books. Um, and there's and I was just recently turned on to a book. This isn't brand new, but um, called Consumption Econ Economics or Econ yeah Economics. Um, and it's sort of a next step, and, and, and it's very interesting because it, it identifies some of the um, some of the challenges in the technology industry that some of the vendors are experiencing that has sort of led to our cloud or our uh, software as a service sort of world that we're in right now. Um, and I find it very fascinating. I'm not all the way through it yet, but but one of the things that I found interesting is just talking about this consumption gap and. Um, and the the idea that you know you've just got all these features you're just you're just you know you're inundated with features, and the gap between the the uh, buyers or the the users' um, ability to even be aware or tap into these features, right? So, um, and, and even talking about something like as simple as Microsoft Word, where you've got I don't know fifteen hundred features, you know most people you know just tap into a fraction of those. So it's, it's, it's that's very fascinating. And then this is to be followed by the next uh, book, which I'm excited to read as well, called B4, the number 4B, B4B. Um, this is a group of three writers who, who've been writing this stuff. And and anyway, I'm ex really excited about, about that. One other book that I, I've read recently, which is um, written by a, 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 gal, a woman named uh, Dario um, Alopade. Um, she's an American woman of uh, Nigerian descent. And she um, wrote a book called the um, the Bright Continent, and it's a it's about business in modern Africa right now. And, and for me, being an internationalist, um, Africa is just the hottest thing right now. And I and I really found this to be a, a very compelling book. Washington Post journalist. I think she's going to Yale for a law school degree right now. Um, but but uh, it was interesting. Just um, she was she was talking about the the um, importance of what she calls lean economies rather than developing economies and developed and then developing economies. She talked about lean economies versus fat economies, you know, and how, you know, America, for example, we, we consume something like 40 gallons each uh, of water, whereas in, you know, in Africa, maybe two liters of water. So it's just sort of doing more with less sort of concept. And, and, and also this, the idea of, of um, being self, more self-sufficient, you know, so a lot of times, um, African countries would would be would be um, recipients of a lot of USAID you know funding from from donor agencies and how in some ways this has really made um, made uh, individuals in the country less entrepreneurial maybe less you know so so really really fascinating uh, book and really interesting lady wow you know yeah. that no oh, thank you for that you know there's some things I figured you know you coming in and asking some, some different authors that people have never heard of before and so that's one that I, you know I need to check her out I really appreciate it she's awesome and you can see her on YouTube as well speaking okay. yeah she's really great nice well <laughs> how can people get a hold of you sure I love love uh, people to 
you know, if, if there's any, anything I could, I could chat with you about, um, you can reach me at uh, Gunner at Global G Group or even Gunner Light, G-U-N-N-A-R-L-I-G-H-T at gmail.com. Um, and you can also just call me at uh, 480-239-4219. I'm, I, unfortunately, I'm always available on my phone. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way I feel. Anyway, people call me on day or night. So uh, love to love to hear from you if you have anything to chat about. Perfect. Well, folks, as I always promise, I'm going to find some great people and have these great interviews about making things happen and being specific to those things are making things happen that is not just the same thing every day. So we're talking about international, we're talking about technology, but even talking about lean economies and being able to understand that the different cultures that are out there are going to be moving forward and you might as well move forward with them. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And so <laughs> it's an opportunity for you to connect with Gutter. Uh, he's available to talk to everyone and he put out his phone number, his email address. You're able to connect with a great guy and just chat with him and then seeing if it's a good alternative to you for your international journey. Once again, folks, my name is Kendall Matthews and I appreciate everything that you're doing. You can always connect with me on Twitter at Kendall Matthews and we'll be able to connect and make sure we're doing some great things in this great nation for these great people. Thank you. Awesome. This is Kendall Matthews again, and I want to thank you for listening to our radio show. But make sure that you also check out appointmentplus.com because we have a free scheduled demo that we offer you and everyone else to make sure that we're the right fit for you. So give us a call or visit us at appointmentplus.com. We'll talk to you soon.